It's great to be here in front of this microphone. How did we get here, Keith? It was just a little bit by accident, I think, that um, you had to be doing something in the garden one day and I happened to be walking past and said... Our dogs well, happened to chat. Our, our dogs Mine loved more a good than chat. yours. Yep. <laughs> and we happened to say, well, I happened to say to you, well, here's an opportunity to, to do something a bit different and uh, have you tried doing it this way? That's right. And I have never stopped asking you since, have I? So that's, I think, why we, we're doing these podcasts now, because we know we've got so much to talk about. I've got so many questions to ask. And you have so much to tell me. And I just love sharing it. That's just the key to it, isn't it? Yeah, I think we have a great relationship because I am the, 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 the typical home gardener who doesn't necessarily know what she's doing and really wants to get to that point too quickly. And, and I've come to you who's going to give me all the details because you know exactly what you're doing. And I'm very, very happy to share it. Let's have a chat about something. What do you want to talk about? Well, I think what we should talk about is where... Everything gardening-related starts. Which is? With the soil. That's right. And the best soil is? Composted. Composted soil. Well, there's rainforests from uh, Hobart all the way up to Cairns. So there's even rainforests on the northern part of uh, Tasmania. There's rainforests and there used to be rainforests all the way up to Cairns. Mm. Used to be. Yeah, used to be. Um, they're very, very slow growing, so they're generally the first thing that goes when there's a fire or something else and, of course, you know, everything else kicks in and takes over. But I like to sort of say, well, if, you know, when people have been to a rainforest and walked in and what's the first thing you notice? It's the smell. You get this magnificent smell of... of decomposing. Yeah, but it's not a horrible decomposing No, no it's smell, a fresh it's decomposition. Fresh. Yes. Yeah, the floral, the, 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 the flora and the fauna on the ground... You look around and you see all these magnificent great big trees that are growing in that environment, then all the levels of the trees in that environment, you know, so there's the big top canopy and the understory and all the rest of it right down to what's growing on the ground in that, in that rainforest. Yes. And it's all sustained by itself. And when you look at the floor of the rainforest, you see leaves and twigs. But if you brush the top little bit away, mm. the stuff that's below it looks less like the stuff that's above it because it's starting to break down and decompose until you brush it right away and dig down deeper and you see this beautiful brown stuff and that brown stuff is called humate and that's the building blocks of life. And that's all naturally composted, all it naturally is. broken down. So coming back to us as gardeners and us as human beings, when it comes to composting day to day, it doesn't happen quite as naturally, does it? No, but if we step back and think about how it is created naturally, mm. then that's the, that's the formula the that we need to follow. That's right. But there, there is a formula. There really is a formula to it. But even I think if we can go back even further, why is, not just for us gardeners, what is important about composting? Why should we be composting? Because the more of that material that we can put into the soil, the more we can sustain above the soil. So the more plants we can grow, the more vegetables we can grow uh, and so on. And, and if, it's, if it's like a, a rainforest where this is happening on a natural basis all the time, then it, it's, it's self-fulfilling. But we don't have that situation here in the garden. No, we don't. And ultimately, what good is it doing to the planet as well if we are composting? Well, all that is sequestering carbon. So getting it out of the out of the environment and putting it into the ground is yes. the best thing that you could possibly because do for the environment. That's right. And if we're putting it into our waste, our rubbish, which a lot which a lot of us are doing, that's a negative. That is a bad thing. It is. Well that's going to landfill, that's creating methane gases which are actually more more uh, harmful to the environment than uh, 
CO2. Exactly. And what I think I've read that the, uh, almost 50% of what we're putting into landfill could actually be composted. Absolutely. And so it's something that we need, I'd love to talk about because it's something that we need to try and encourage people to do more because there are a lot of people out there who I don't think who are composting. Not no. just us gardeners, but just for the, you know, for the sake of the planet. Well, there's one thing that I don't have in my garbage collection and that's a green bin. I know, you don't. <laughs> you don't. So, so we compost everything at home. Yeah. Which is it either fantastic. goes into a worm farm or it goes into the compost bin. That's right, that's right. So what – I mean, I have a compost bin too but I also have a garden waste bin because I just cannot keep up with that composting. My bin can't so I need to get another bin. I, don't, I mean, I need to talk to you about that as well, what the options are as far mm-hmm. as equipment's concerned as well. But to start with, let's talk about how we do it. Okay, so compost, um, there's been more books and theses written on, on uh, compost and the, the one that works for me and has worked for the gardeners that I've worked with in the past is a carbon to nitrogen ratio and that ratio is one part carbon to three parts nitrogen. So what is the carbon component, do you think, or what could it be? Carbon component, I think, is more the dry, the sticks, the, the cardboard, the, the wood, you know, the dry, the brown yep. stuff That's that we it. put into our compost compared to the green, which is? Nitrogen, which is kitchen scraps, it's grass clippings, it's green leaves. Yes. It's all those sorts of things. Yes. If we want the perfect way of, of creating compost quickly, then what we do is we have one bucket full of the carbon component and that might be go around and collect all the brown leaves or the, all the twigs and things or, more simply, paper. Mm. And shredded paper mm. is one of the best forms of carbon that you can possibly get. And shredded because we don't all have shredders in our, in our homes. The more it's cut up, yep. the quicker it decomposes. That exactly, correct? because that then has, has pockets of air. In it, mm. so if we just had a, we just had just the nitrogen component, we just chucked it on the ground. Um, what would happen? It, was, it would turn into a, into a real, real messy, stinky slurry, and what that is is anaerobic. Yes. All right. So when you've got a compost bin that smells, it means that it's run out of oxygen. Too wet. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, too yeah, wet. Yeah. So there's not enough of that. that no that, air getting. Not enough air getting in, and not enough of um, the capacity to suck up that moisture. Mm. And that's what paper mm. does, mm. or twigs, or leaves. If we don't have a shredder, I mean, I'm just thinking of myself, and thinking about probably a lot of people who might be listening who are just going, "Look, I've just got my kitchen waste, and I've got my, you know, my green waste that I throw into the compost bin all the time. Mm-hmm. I've got to remember, I've got to stop whenever I do that." What do I do? Carbon lay should go on first, so you put that on first. Oh, so just because we're all living our f- speedy lives, how do we – so we start a compost bin with carbon. Is that what you mean? That's what we start off with. Okay. So once that's in, we put each we put, day when we've we got put, our filled up our kitchen caddy. We put three lots of nitrogen over the top of it. Okay. And then we go, right, we've put three kitchen caddies worth in, we better get some more carbon. And we put the carbon on, top of, of the, on top of that again. So we've just got to get into the habit. And the process keeps on going. Get into the habit of doing three to one, three yep. to one, three, three to, to one. one. That's it. Okay. And that's going to give you the best compost that you'll ever come across because it's never going to ru- run out of food and it's never going to run out of air. Yes. But the food side of it, what's, what's the food side of it? Where, where's the food side of it coming in? What are, we, what are we feeding? What are we feeding? What are we feeding in the compost? Well, in order to create compost... The carbon and the nitrogen is actually a source of food. So that source of food and the, the creation of the compost, have you ever put lots of green material down on the, on a, on the ground somewhere on a compost heap and, and then come back in a couple of hours later and what have you seen, seen rising off the top of the compost? Steam. Oh, okay. All right. 
So where's the steam? How's the steam being created? Microbes that are, that are working within the... Within the we're, microbes are on our bodies now. There's millions of microbes on our bodies mm. doing what they do. There's millions of microbes in our stomachs and that's what breaks down our food. It's not just the, you know, the muscles and so forth. It's the microbes living within our body that does all this. So the same thing is happening with your compost. So there are three main, three main types of um, microbes that work within the compost uh, area. Um, there is one called an actinomite. Then it works very, very low temperatures. And then there's another one that works in, say, temperatures between – they create temperatures between 20 and 30 to 40 degrees Celsius, and that's called a mesophile. Mm. And there's one that then works and creates an even hotter temperature because it's going like the clappers and that's called a thermophile. So it will create – if there's plenty of air, plenty of food, you've got the hottest compost that you can possibly get and that is just brilliant for the garden and for the compost because it destroys seeds, weeds, bacteria, disease, all sorts of nasty things. Which is what we want. Which is what you want. We you want, want compost really, soil. really quickly to get, you know, so that you can then put it back into your garden. Right. Just thinking about the listeners out there and mm. me who, well, I obviously have a garden, but there are a lot of people who don't and not, perhaps not as, as, as passionate about their garden just, just what, but want to do something for the planet, so want to do some composting. How do we make it easy for them? What's the easiest process? Well, it depends what they want to create. When, if they want good, healthy plants, then what they can do just very, very simply is to apply over all their garden beds a mulch. And it's as simple as that. Put a mulch over, over all their garden beds. And then after that, go over and apply a fertiliser, an organic fertiliser like blood and bone or, or chicken manure or whatever else. And that is the start of a composting system that's going to break things down and get down into the soil where the roots are of the plants and that will then, you know, create this healthy environment for those plants. Okay, okay. But then so but what about the people who actually want to do something, as I said, for the planet and they want to do some compost and they want to help? Maybe, I mean, they maybe not have a garden but they want to give it to a school or give it to, uh, you know, their neighbour who has a garden but they want to compost but they, the easiest way to do it is to... I mean, you have to, obviously there's that recipe, but is there a is there a, a you can either do it you can either do it in a compost bin or you can do it in the open. It doesn't matter in a designated area, okay. just as long as you're doing it. Yeah, that's all. Okay. That's the most important thing. There are things called bokashi bins. There are yeah. there are there are a number of different composting composting systems. processes, and by people living in flats or you know apartment yeah. buildings and things like that. I mean, there are a number of different yeah. ways to do it. So if, if you're living in a, in, a, in a in an apartment, the best thing you do would be actually to have a worm farm, which is a totally different subject we're talking about. Okay. A bakashi bin is a, is a way of – it's not a composting system. It is a fermentation process. Oh, okay. So it uses materials that create a, a fermentation process to break down those components, those green components. Yep. So if you had a, if you had a bakashi bucket or, or that sort of a system in the house, the best way to do that is to go out the, outside, dig a hole in the ground and then put that bucket put when, it when, when it's full – into the ground and then that will slowly go from a fermentation process into a, a composting, composting process. process. Okay. And that's a great way of doing it yeah. as well. Because then it, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And then you're, you're doing it yeah. for a number of reasons. Uh, rotating bin. What, is, what, are you, what are your thoughts on Greatest that? Greatest useless piece of rubbish that anyone ever thought of. Okay, don't get one of those then. No, never get one of those things. And the reason for that is, is that how do you know when it's ready? 
If you keep exactly. like opening up the lid, chucking fresh stuff in, closing the lid, turning it, all you're doing is mixing the fresh stuff with the, with old, the old stuff. And you never so get to use the old. You never get to use it. Yes, I understand that. Makes so sense. So useless. Yep. I, did I tell you, did I say that I've actually just ordered a new bin? Because I have got the bin that you just lift up and I've always had that problem of having to lift it up take the top layer off because that's obviously hasn't been composted then to get to the bottom layer. Yep. It's always been a bit of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I've just bought a bin which has a little trap door. Ooh. Oh, isn't that fantastic? Great. Oh, well, is it fantastic? Oh, well, it could be. I don't know. Because <laughs> you've opened the door it. and then you've got the, you've actually got all, can you see all the, the composted material at the bottom and you yeah. haven't got to worry about getting that top layer off. Exactly. So I'm a bit excited about yeah. that. Another great way if, you, if you're not interested in, in going practically into the into the carb to nitrogen ratio, the best thing you can do then is just to get a fork and just keep on turning it all over and that allows the air to get into it to feed the microbes. Okay. So that's another great way but of doing But you still it. need that carbon, don't you? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but you don't need to be so, so particular. Well, that was what I was trying to say before for the listeners who are out there going, and me who has this kitchen waste and think, oh, throw it in the bin, throw it in the bin, throw it in the bin. Oh, gosh, I forgot I haven't put any carbon in. So actually by stirring it up yep. You're introducing on a constant the air, basis. Which is what, because the compost heat will never, to hear. never, ever run out of food. It'll run out of air first. So by forking it, you're lifting it, getting air in, bang. Okay. Oh, that's great to hear. And then I was going to say what happens then is that we get the compost worms to come in. Yes. And they actually feed off the microbes or they'll feed off the, the material that microbes have created and break that down even further into enzymes and so forth that are then available to the plants. And we don't have to introduce them. They, they will be introduced. They, they will come. come. They, will they will come, come. naturally, yeah. Worms will come. Yep. Well, that's fantastic. And what about water? If it does dry out, if you do get a bit excited about the carbon amount of carbon that Put you're putting in, in. Yep. then if you, you notice that it's got quite dry then you can add some water. You can correct? certainly get the hose and just give it a dose and let it let it uh, let it wet its way through. Okay, fantastic. Now I'd love to talk about what you can and can't put into your compost because I know a lot of well, I have a feeling some people might put the wrong things in. Can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Right, the what don'ts. Thing, what things... Let's talk about the don'ts first. All right. What what you don't put in is anything that, that was animal at some stage in its life so you wouldn't go putting food scraps from you know roasts or no. anything else like that in there because all you're going to do is attract rats yes it will compost but it'll attract rats yes. and you don't want those in yes and now. very stinky so things like meat and dairy and that sort of stuff yeah you don't want any of that Put sort your of milk stuff in there, there. Milk? No, 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 none of that none of that okay so nothing so nothing apart from something that is veg, fruit and vegetables yep. really fruit and vegetables yeah uh what about plants? Plants from plants from the garden. Yeah, they're they're also a great way of, of adding both the nitrogen and the carbon content. Mm. Now, because I'm passionate about growing uh, food for for you know to eat, yep. um, I have a large mulcher at home. So, and I, I do a lot of pruning because of the fruit trees. And rather than putting those into a green bin, I put them into a great big heap. And when I get a big heap, I get the mulcher out, and then I feed that through, and I just let that all go down onto the ground and just leave it. Okay. Because what I've created then is exactly the same the thing. Rainforest. Being like the rainforest. Mini rainforest. Exactly. How lovely. And then you can you can go into that in about, you know, two or three months' time and pull it back and it'll just be writhing with, with oh, uh, compost worms. Oh, that's fantastic. And then you use that spot to grow either a new tree in or like I have this year, I've got um, cucumbers growing in it and I've got climbing beans growing in it and it's just absolutely going ballistic. Yeah, I bet. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. What about if you're putting sort of diseased plants, weeds, that sort of thing to a compost? Is that a negative? That's, that can be bad. But if, if we go back to 
the three microbes, if we, are, if we can create the, the perfect environment that is getting those thermophiles to come in and work that, work that compost, they will create temperatures up to about 80 degrees Celsius. You couldn't put your hand in there. Ooh. It would burn. You would get third-degree burns. Oh, wow. And that's just microbes creating that heat. Mm. And what that heat does is it destroys any disease yes. and weeds and seeds, the works. Yeah. So you're getting a return out of something that was pretty ordinary going in. Yeah, okay. But to be on the safe side? Would you not throw – I mean, if, if you haven't created that heat, yeah. maybe avoid putting the disease plants in. Into a bag, into the bin. Yes. Things like metal, plastic, glass, no, none my, of those sort of things None of those going. things, no. Animal manure? That's fine because that's a, a source of nitrogen. Okay. So that's great to put in there. So th- that won't get stinky? No, because the it'll break down pretty quickly. Okay, all right. Fats and oils. I've just got my little list no. here. Fats and oils wouldn't no. be good. No, they're just going to smother things. No, Carbon paper, but not glossy paper. No, not real glossy paper because it's it's that it, that is just it's just got too much of the the things that make the ink. Yes, on it. yes, and that plastic coating, which is yeah, not, not exactly so, not so good. Bones, dog bones. No, because you're going to have dogs and rats and things coming back coming into, and jumping to, into, to, that to look compost. into that. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're right on the negatives. You can't think of anything else, can well, you? Well, the other things you, you would you would put in in small doses are, are the things that are high in acid. So right. you wouldn't put in, you know, a couple of bucket loads of, of citrus peelings or oh, lots and no. lots of onions. Eggshells. Eggshells are fantastic because that's a source of calcium. Okay. So that's adding to the to the the combination of the foods that, that are going to go and feed the plants. Okay. All right. Because I have heard that eggshells. I've heard varying views on that. Mm-hmm. I think because if they break them up a little bit. Okay. Yep. Crush them. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, what about what you can put in? You can put in so many good things. So many good healthy things into into your uh, into your heap. It'll just go on. So. The more varied, uh, more varied things you put into into your uh, compost heap, the better um, range of things you're going to be getting out of it later on. So lots and lots of plants take up different elements and minerals and things from the soil in their growing process, and by by composting those, you're putting those different elements and minerals and things back in. That's true. Into the soil. Okay. You know, so lots and lots of variation. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm growing lots of tomatoes at the moment. Yes. So that once the tomatoes are all finished, the tomato plants will go in. They're very, very heavy feeders, but yes. there'll still be some goodness in those okay. that will then go back into the soil. And for those of us who don't have the big garden, can we put our dog hair in? Can we put our... Yes. Um, if that we've got an be... open fire, wood ash? Yeah, that's all right, but it's not great. Isn't it? No, because okay. most of the carbon's gone up the chimney. Okay. So but it won't hurt. It won't hurt. No, you can mix it through. All right. But you, you, you spoke. You spoke about dog hairs. Yeah, they're fine. Yes. And even even uh, after you vacuumed the house. I was about to mention that. Yeah. Vacuum lint. Yep. Vacuum cleaner lint. Exactly. Okay. So empty it. the bag yep. and throw empty it in. Empty that in and just mix it. Mix a bit over the top. And you're That's fine. fantastic. Tea leaves. I've got here beer, wine. Why no. would we be throwing our beer and wine in? I've got yeah. it on my list though. Well, <laughs> if your house, if you work, you know, if you're living in a house, if you've got a non-drinker at the moment. <laughs> You Get got those bottles out about. quickly, throw it out before he changes his mind. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, old potting mix. I mean, all those sort yeah. of things are all good, aren't they? Newspapers, obviously, are good. Coffee grounds, I've even got here. That's all structure. Can't be, yeah, can't that's be That's all good structure. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. I think people might have an idea of what to do now. I hope. Well, I think if they listen and just follow a few of these little easy tips, I think we'll be 
on the path to creating a wonderful addition to otherwise crappy soils. Yeah, absolutely. And I, ben, I am so appreciative of the fact that you said that if we turn that compost, it's it's as good as you know having to try and to work out those ratios because I was wondering how I'm ever going to remember those ratios. So I really appreciate that. Just make sure you get the fork out or you can get some sort of turner, can't you, some you can. compost. Yeah. So basically... Composting is good for so many reasons, for the garden absolutely. and for our planet, and I just think that we've all should, we all should be doing it. Oh, absolutely. Really. Gosh, we should be doing it. Don't put it in the landfill. Put it in your garden. Yeah, please. Do it. Your plants will love you. Yes, and the planet will too. Yet again, Keith, you have been a wealth of information. I always learn so much from you and I'm really looking forward to doing this again next week. Are we going to do it again? We are, absolutely. Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.